They are 11 warriors. Yes, they are the 11 warriors. The most disciplined and the toughest damn dudes you're ever going to be around. Welcome into Real Pod Wednesdays. Dan Hope joined by Griffin Strom. And let's, let's just start this off the way we've started off the last couple of weeks. We'll talk very briefly about Ohio State men's basketball because not much has changed, Griffin. Things have only gotten worse over the past week. Ohio State suffering a 92 to 75 loss at Iowa, an 82 to 55 loss at Purdue. Re- realistically, this season is pretty much over at this point. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it because, you know, the, the NCAA tournament has become a pipe dream. There's really no reason to believe this team is going to make a run in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, it's sounding like Zed Key may be on the verge of shutting things down for the year with his shoulder injury. So at this point, it's really just about, you know, uh, trying to, you know, get a win at this point. I mean, Ohio State plays Penn State on on Thursday night at home and it to me when you look at the remaining schedule illinois maryland and michigan state after that if ohio state can't get a win against penn state on thursday night i'm not sure we're going to see this team win another game this year yeah i'm not sure about that either dan at this point it's 13 losses in the past 14 games and i mean you can measure ohio state's decline just by the fact that you know look at the performances they had against iowa and purdue two teams that you know they beat iowa the last time they played the hawkeyes purdue they only lost two by two in the first matchup, you know, in, in this past week's round of, of of games against those two teams, they were blowout losses. And in particular, the, the Purdue game where Ohio State was down like what, 31 points at one point in the second half, ends up losing by 27 in the widest margin of defeat all season. Of course, you know, Zed Key didn't play in that game, but he also barely played in the first the first go around against Purdue. So, you know, Ohio State's up to eight losses in a row. They do have Penn State coming to town. I, I, they, they do have, what is it, three straight home games here, Ohio State does, before going on the road at Michigan State to close out their regular season slate. But Penn State has a lot of wins over teams that uh, that Ohio State has lost to, You know, even if they are 16 and 11 and do have a, a losing record in Big Ten play at 7 and 9 in their own right. But you know that that's certainly a stronger resume than Ohio State has by far. I listened to some of a radio show that the coaches did on on Monday, and a lot of the talk w- w- was about next year, which, you know, I think, again, as we've talked about before, I think a lot of o- Ohio State fans get sick of hearing about next year when it comes to Chris Holtman's program, because it seems like we've talked about that a lot. But at, at this point, I think we are at a, a, a point where Ohio State probably should be getting its freshmen, its young guys, as much playing time as possible to develop for next year. And we did see that on Sunday with Chris Holtman making the move to start four freshmen in, in the starting lineup. Don't think it's any coincidence there that he's going with such a freshman heavy lineup at a time where this season for all, you know, intents and purposes of actually making something happen is pretty much over. Yeah. Chris Holtman said he, he had never even started three true freshmen in the same game before this season. Obviously they had done so several times this year, but never all four of those top freshmen that they brought in in this cycle, all starting together. Obviously Felix Akpara getting the start because that key was out, but you know, Roddy Gale has really come alive to, to earn a, a regular starting role here late in the season. You know, you can't help but wonder, you know, first of all, you, you obviously want to get those guys on the floor. So they gain experience, you know, that'll, that'll carry them into next year. 
but you also wonder, and you know, it's just speculation and everything, but in a season this bad and the, the age of the transfer portal and things, you wonder, you know, will everybody stick around after a season like that? I feel like that's a, a question that that just has to pop into your mind when you look at the the modern landscape of college basketball. And I certainly think it doesn't it doesn't hurt in that regard to get some of those young guys, show them that, you know, they have opportunities to to play a lot and play starting and, and meaningful roles late in the season. And it certainly seems like Chris Holtman views those guys. You know, he's he's hoping they all come back. You know, I think we're probably both of a belief that Bryce Sensabaugh is most likely to enter the NBA draft, but he's certainly hoping to have those four guys back. And he thinks those four guys are really sounds like he thinks those four guys are really going to be the core of next year's team, really, with having a year of experience. I, I know he said something along the lines of, you know, those guys aren't really going to be like sophomores next year because of all the experience they've gotten this year. So those are guys that Ohio State is is really going to rely on next season. Yeah, and and for the for the hope for for free, for the future of the program, I mean that's what Chris Holman has to believe, right? I mean you can't be sitting there thinking, oh, I mean you know I, I don't know if these guys are going to get any better going into next year. I mean he has to believe that and, and kind of sell the the fan base almost. I feel like at this point on the fact that those guys are going to make a huge jump next year and that the the four guys that they're bringing in next year, you know, just as good of a recruiting class on paper as this past year are going to mesh well with the current freshman. And that's certainly something that he was talking about a lot on the radio on Monday. Well, we'll see if we have anything better, even incrementally better to say about Ohio State men's basketball next week, because the last few weeks, it's been it's been pretty bleak for the men's basketball Buckeyes. We'll, we'll give some shout outs to a few Ohio State sports teams that have had better weeks. Ohio State women's basketball, they had a big win on Monday night, uh, beat Michigan 74 to 61 to complete a season sweep of the Wolverines. The Buckeyes clinched a double bye in next week's Big Ten tournament with that win and really a, a very important win for those Buckeyes because they had really struggled against ranked opponents over the past couple months. They lost twice to Indiana, lost to Iowa, lost to Maryland. And a lot of that early season shine that they had built up had really kind of worn off. But uh, Monday night kind of felt like a, a, a turning point back in the right direction for those Buckeyes as they look to make a run as certainly going to be the, the only Ohio State basketball team playing in an NCAA tournament this year. Dan, how about the, the men's hockey team for Ohio State beating Michigan twice over the weekend? A win in the, the faceoff on the lake, and now the Buckeyes rank 7th and 8th in, in the two different holes there. Yeah, really good time right now for both Ohio State hockey programs. The Ohio State women's hockey program clinched its first ever WCHA regular season title on Sunday, which almost feels weird to say because Ohio State won the national title last year, but Ohio State didn't win a co- the conference championship last season. And so now Ohio State women's hockey has done that. They enter this WCHA tournament as the number one seed, and they will be looking to defend their WCHA tournament and then NCAA titles from last year. So certainly if you like hockey, there's a lot of reason to watch Ohio State's Hockey teams right now. Also, over the weekend, Ohio State's women's swimming and diving team won its fourth straight Big Ten championship. So they've got a little bit of a dynasty going there. Bill Dorncott's program having a really good run here over these past four years. Yeah, Dan, certainly some better news for a lot of teams, you know, Scarlet and Gray sports teams outside of the Ohio State men's basketball team. So we'll we'll keep you posted on, you know, the, the comings and goings of those teams as well as we, you know, continue doing our podcast here. But Dan, on the football side of things, certainly some some big news in terms of scheduling and the you know future games, future non-conference opponents, because 
Ohio State opted to cancel its home and home series with Washington, Dan. That was scheduled for 2024 and 2025. That was going to start with a, an Ohio State road game against Washington in 2024. That will now be replaced with a with a home game in the 2024 season, which will give Ohio State an eighth home game like they had this past season, Dan, which will also give them you know, the, the funds to pay a hefty $500,000 cancellation fee for opting to cancel that that series with the Huskies. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you look at that 2024 schedule right now, it's not the most exciting looking schedule in terms of uh, opponents, because right now the only teams that Ohio State is scheduled to play this year are, I'm, I'm looking it up here as we speak, I should have had it pulled up. But Southern Miss and Western Michigan are the only teams currently on the 2024 schedule. So, you know, most likely whoever replaces Washington in that slot, I would think is probably going to be another group of five type team since that's not going to be a a home and home series. And so what we're going to do a little later in the show is we're going to craft our own ideal 2024 football schedules as kind of a fun thought exercise. But when we look at what the actual schedule is going to look like, probably going to be a pretty underwhelming non-conference slate in 2024. We'll find out later this year what the Big Ten slate will look like. We really could find out, you know, maybe as soon as as this week, how the Big Ten is going to schedule games going forward. You know, the, the rumors out there are that the Big Ten is going to move toward a uh, 366 model where schools will play three teams every year on an annual basis. And then the other 12 teams, they'll play, you know, six one year, six the next year and, and, and alternate them. You know, the, the, those three annual opponents could could change, you know, potentially every four years. Certainly Ohio State and Michigan are going to continue to play every year. But, you know, the other two, you know, could potentially alternate. I mean, I, I would certainly think that you know, there would be, you know, strong push to want to keep Ohio State and Penn State on an annual basis as well. But we'll see how that all works out from a scheduling standpoint. You know, I, I know that some people saw the news about the Washington cancellation and thought, does this mean the Big Ten is going to go to a 10 game conference schedule? I do not believe that to be the case. I, I think it has more to do with the fact, well, number one, it's it's about money. It's about money. It's about playing eight home games instead of seven home games. Even if you factor in the cancellation fee to Washington, even if you factor in the guaranteed payout to whatever team ends up taking that slot on the schedule, the amount of money Ohio State makes on a home game is substantially more than that. And so the number one reason this is happening, if we're going to be real, is this is about money. Ohio State's only has six home games this upcoming year, which means Ohio State's not going to make as much money in athletics this upcoming year. And so getting that eighth home game in 2024 will help to offset that. The other thing that, you know, it makes you wonder too is does Ohio state have reason to believe it's going to be traveling to either USC or UCLA in 2024? Because if that's the case, Ohio state would have incentive to not want to make two West coast trips during the regular season. So I, I would imagine that's a factor as well in this cancellation, as well as the fact that 
Ohio State would have had two power five non-conference games in 2025. Ohio State is still scheduled to play Texas in 2025 and 2026. 2025 was the only year they had scheduled out in the future where they had two legs of a home and home series scheduled for the same year. So I imagine that was probably a, a factor in this as well. I don't know that it should be because in my mind, the fact that oh, the playoff is moving to 12 teams next year should give teams more incentive to play those marquee non-conference games, not less because one loss in non-conference play is no longer going to be fatal to a team's playoff hopes and winning those games could help your resume if you end up being in that at-large conversation. And so to me, that should give teams like Ohio state more incentive to schedule up and play those big games. But, you know, I think for all of those factors, that's why Ohio state made this decision to get out of a Washington series and to just schedule two home games instead. Yeah, Dan, those reasons all you know seem to make logistical sense there for sure. But it does leave you with the, the likelihood of having three pretty weak non-conference games there in that season, which, as you mentioned, in the first year of the 12-team playoff, you know, a, 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 a couple losses won't necessarily keep you out of that mix. So you would think that that would incentivize bigger matchups going forward. And it's not as though Ohio State doesn't have, you know, marquee non-conference matchups still scheduled on the horizon beyond you know that that what you already mentioned the the Texas series Alabama in 27 28 Georgia in 2030 2031 Oregon after that Boston College even if you want to go that far out Dan and if you even want to you know label that as a marquee non-conference matchup in 2035 36 but Dan I also feel like the fact that Ohio State you know the, the problems that arose and the reasons for canceling this Washington series kind of calls into question like you know, should should they be scheduling these types of, you know, big non-conference games that this far out in advance when obviously so much has changed on a year to year basis in college football to make a team like Ohio State, you know, rethink the the logistics of, of a series like that? Yeah. And in, in, I mean, in my mind, that that practice, there's no reason for that practice to remain in place at this point where you have teams scheduling games out a decade in, in in the future. I mean, just look at what happened in 2020 with COVID. I mean, there were games literally being scheduled within days because of, of things that had to be changed that year. And so I think that year showed that there's no real need to schedule so far in advance. And, we, and we've seen that now with the Big Ten where – you know, the Big Ten used to set its conference schedules like seven, eight years in advance. Now they've they've moved to a model of they're going to set the schedules, you know, the year before, which I think, you know, makes a lot more sense in terms of, you know, for one, I mean, you just never know what's going to change from year to year in college football nowadays. Two, the TV partners certainly want more flexibility. And so, you know, we've already seen the conference the Big Ten and other conferences move in that direction. You know, I think with the non-conference things, it, it you know, it, it becomes a matter of, well, if other schools are doing it, we got to do it too, right? Like if, if you know, Alabama is scheduling games out 10 years in advance and Georgia is and Texas, Oregon, all these other schools, then, you know, you, you've got to do, you've got to be a part of it, a risk falling behind. But, you know, to me, I would, I would like to see college football move away from this very far out scheduling and 
leave more flexibility to, you know, schedule marquee games that make sense, you know, the next year or or, or two years from now. You know, I, I, I think in time, that's really the direction things should move because, you know, you, you mentioned that Boston College series, like that series was supposed to happen years ago. It, it's now scheduled to take place in 12 years from now. And like, do we really think that series is ever going to happen? Like, I have my doubts if that series is ever going to happen, considering it's already been postponed several times. And it's not exactly a matchup that screams marquee matchup that Ohio State really wants to travel to Boston College to play that game. Yeah, for sure, Dan. But another thing that's kind of interesting to me is that especially in, the, in that first year with USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten, like those are those are still going to feel like non-conference games, almost like a marquee non-conference game, you know, especially with, you know, perhaps how I have some of those things scheduled on our on our fantasy schedules that we're going to, you know, run run down here in a minute. Um, so like I feel like even if you were to have, you know, some of those weaker non-conference games in there, it's still going to feel like, you know, Ohio State has some some high profile matchups with those, you know, two teams coming over from the Pac-12. Although we don't actually know if they're, you know, they're going to play a USC in that first season, the regular season per se. But, you know, that remains to be seen. But but also with, you know, the, the uh, more powers joining the likes of the Big Ten and the SEC, these kind of super conferences coming together, that's just going to be the reality of things that, you know, teams are going to have more, you know, highly competitive, high profile matchups in their own conference schedules going forward. Yeah, you'd have to imagine Ohio State's going to play at least one of USC or UCLA in 2024. I mean, I just think for the excitement level of like them coming into the conference, like the TV networks are for sure going to want an Ohio State USC matchup. So I, I, I would expect that you know we're going to see Ohio State play at least one of those teams in year one. You know, I that's one of the things that I'm interested to see though. Whenever the 2024 schedule does come out, is how the Big Ten goes about scheduling these games with the West coast teams, because, you know, you, you would think like if, if I'm Gene Smith, I'd be lobbying for Ohio state that, Hey, if we have to go play USC, we should get a buy the next week so that we have time to recover from this long trip. But if I'm uh, Martin Jarman or, or Mike bone out at UCLA or USC, I'm going to say, well, we, we have to travel to the Midwest four or five times during the season. So, you know, why, why should they get that advantage of having, you know, a bye week after a trip when, when we're not going to have it. Now, my response to be, my response to that would be you chose to join the conference. So you, you, you chose to join a conference where 14 of the 16 teams are across the country. And so you deal with it, but that's one of the things that I'm interested to see is, is how the big 10 will go about scheduling those games does it make an effort to accommodate the midwest teams in terms of when it schedules those trips i mean one thing i i would have to assume is that you know we obviously know usc ucla is going to be one of those static games where they play every year i would have to assume that you know when usc is playing at ucla you know that that's going to be in a year where they have five road games and vice versa. So that those teams aren't making five road trips out to the Midwest, you'd think they would balance it. So that, you know, with the USC UCLA series, you know, whoever has the, whoever's playing on the road that year 
is going to be the team making the extra road trip so that one of their road trips is just across town rather than you know going across the country and so you would think that but i'm just going to be interested to see like how do they schedule those those road games over the course of a season because i mean there's going to be no way to do it to accommodate everybody i mean it's just it's just not going to happen there's going to be some difficult travel stretches in there that everybody's going to have to deal with you know and and, and football it's tougher like you know like i would imagine like in basketball like if ohio state's going out to play usc they're probably going to play USC and UCLA in the same weekend or within a few day stretch and the team can just stay out there. But in football, it, that doesn't work. You can't, you can't, you can't do it that way. I mean, you know, the NFL, you can do it where you send the team out to the West coast and they just stay out there, but you can't do that with college kids and they have to go to class. And so there, there's going to be travel challenges of this that are going to be unavoidable, but you'd have to imagine the big 10 is going to try to do what it can to make it, somewhat easier on the teams in terms of travel. And I would think people like Gene Smith are, are going to be pushing for that to, 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 you know, that there's some protection so that, for example, you know, Ohio State isn't, you know, traveling to USC and two weeks later, they have to travel to UCLA. Yeah, I, I would like your thoughts on this as well. You talked about the, you know, potential tweak in in Big Ten schedule in terms of you know the, the the potentially divisionless structure and things like that the playing the three teams every year would you like to see or do you think it would make sense or that Ohio State should play a USC and uh, you know among those three you know talk about a, a Michigan every year a Penn State every year should USC be the third team in that or should that be should they be kept apart a little bit more for potential you know Big Ten championship game opportunities or just to make it a, a, a rarer, you know, thing. Yeah. I mean, there's two different sides of a coin here. We can look at this and that's going to come up when we're doing our schedules too, is okay. On one side of a coin, do you maximize entertainment value? Do you maximize the best matchups possible? Like if, if I'm an executive at NBC, CBS, or Fox, I want Ohio state playing Michigan, Penn state and USC every year, because those are the free matchups that are going to get the best ratings. But if I'm Ryan Day, I don't know that I want Michigan, Penn State, and USC on my annual schedule every year because that means you're going to have a tougher draw. Whereas you know Penn State, like they might have Maryland on their you know annual schedule every year. So like you know I that's the tough balance here is how do you balance the the desire to make the best matchups possible and to try to competitively balance things as much as possible. And I and I think that plays into that idea of potentially changing up the annual matchups every four years is that kind of allows you to to tweak things if you know if it's clear there's competitive imbalances between who each team is playing on an annual basis, you know, that kind of allows you to balance things. Like I think Ohio State playing USC every year would be a lot of fun. But is is it something that I think Ohio state's going to want. I, I mean, I would guess Ohio state probably don't want that. <laughs> it means they have to travel out, out there once every two years instead of every four years, you know, in that, in that case, you're basically, you basically be guaranteeing a West coast trip every year because you, you if you're playing you, you at UCLA on an alternating, I guess it would be free out of every four years. You'd be guaranteeing a, a, a West coast trip rather than just two, out of every 
four years. So yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't think that that's what Ohio State would want, but I would think that is probably what the TV networks would want. And I think for fans, like, you know, just from a game standpoint, from something to look forward to standpoint, I think it would be fun. Yeah, for sure, Dan. And for those that are clamoring for that matchup, you know, I'm not going to make them wait for it on, on my ideal schedule here as, as we kind of turn the page and, and get into these, Dan, because, of course, we're talking about con- kind of constructing our own ideal Ohio State 2024 football schedules. Of course, that is a year to circle because, as we mentioned, USC, UCLA coming into the Big Ten, the 12-team playoff, the fact that the Washington game series just got canceled, the the you know thought that the those three non-conference games could be kind of underwhelming there. That's kind of the the at the environment in which we're we're constructing this this concept here, and uh, we're, we're keeping things you know, somewhat, somewhat pragmatic in, in terms of formatting, you know, insensible, but, but also having some fun with it and taking some liberties as well, Dan. But in terms of my week one home opener, I, I am going to have the, tr- the Trojans of Southern California coming to Columbus playing at the shoe on August 31st, because like what, what better way to kick off the big, the, the big shiny new additions, of course, with USC, being the you know the 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 crown jewel of the two and, and throwing them right into the fire you know i think it only makes sense with with them coming over to the big 10 that the usc starts on the road at ohio state you know a, a massive game that would you know just just kick off a, a really fun and, and crazy and exciting season Dan. yeah that's a great idea I, I, I love that idea of having ohio state play usc in in week one of the new big 10 as we'll, we'll call it starting in 2024 just to outline some of the parameters you know before we continue here so we we are going to we are going to stick with nine con nine conference games and three non-conference non-conference games can can be anyone you know if you want to go big in order to you know just create the best matches possible you can do that if you want to go easier to give ohio state an easier path you can do that for the purposes of this exercise we're pretending the southern miss and western kentucky games you know they those can be canceled with no cancellation fee you know because we're, we're just trying to craft what we what we think would be an, an optimal ohio state football schedule for for the 2024 season you know we'll also because we're we're doing this with the assumption that the 2023 schedule would remain as it is and so because of that made the list so that if 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 they're playing a team on the road this year or their most recent game against them as a big 10 opponent was on the road then then that they would play that team at home in 2024 or vice versa so michigan indiana purdue wisconsin rutgers northwestern nebraska any of those teams on this schedule would be home games, Penn State, Michigan State, Maryland, Minnesota, Iowa, and Illinois. Any of those would be road games. USC, UCLA, you you can do what you want with them. Non-conference games can be anything you want, but set the criteria of it. If you pick three power five non-conference opponents, one of them has to be a road game. So Griffin going with the, the conference opener, right away ohio state usc i love that idea i wouldn't be surprised if they implement that idea for me game one i i I just looked for what is the matchup single matchup that i think would be the 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 best most exciting season opener for ohio state and so for that i went with georgia at home at ohio stadium you know, who knows, Ohio State and Georgia could meet again in the college football playoff this year. 
even if they don't, certainly that that game from this past season remain is going to remain fresh in every Ohio State fan's mind. And every Ohio State fan is going to want revenge against Georgia as as soon as they could possibly get it. So I'm putting that right in that number one slot to start the 2024 season, bring Georgia to Ohio Stadium and, and make it the game of week one in college football. Yeah, Dan, Ohio State obviously had to travel to Atlanta to play Georgia in the Peach Bowl this past season. So it makes sense that, you know, Georgia, while, while not technically a, you know, a home game for the Bulldogs in that one, it, it only makes sense that they would come back to Columbus for that one. I do like that. I, you know, I, I thought about, you know, do I, do I throw some of those real heavy hitters at Ohio State on the schedule? I, I kept Ohio State away from Georgia on the schedule, but there is kind of a similar line of thinking for me in week three. Dan, I will say, though, for week two for me, I did keep one of those, you know, lower tier non-con games on there because I still think that, you know, until kind of college football goes goes away with some of those, if they ever do, I still think Ohio State's going to want to have like one of those kind of tune-up games on the schedule there. And, you know, at first I was thinking, I, I wasn't sure if we were just kind of waiving the the cancellation fee concept but i was like i mean ohio state's probably not gonna you know really want to to trifle with more of those you know hefty cancellation fees so just for that sake dan i am keeping southern miss on the schedule we'll, we'll say that that's going to happen week two on september 7th no 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 frills or too much excitement there but just kind of a a game for ohio state to to tune things up yeah, I, I agree, but I think you know certainly you want to have a a tune up game early in the season, but just going for entertainment value. I'm I'm going with a semi tune up in week two, and that's going to be Cincinnati coming to Ohio Stadium. That's a Power Five game now. Like that, that's not as much of a tune up as it was the last time Ohio State played Cincinnati because this is a Cincinnati team that's a Big Twelve team now. We've seen them go to to the college football playoff, but you know still certainly. There's a talent gap between Ohio State and Cincinnati. Like to me, I think in I and I in an ideal world, I'd like to see Ohio State and Cincinnati play each other every year now. Like now that they're both power five teams, like have, have them play each other every year. Like that, I think that would be a lot of fun, like as kind of an in in an in-state rivalry type deal. I, I I think that would be a lot of fun. And so, you know, for me, I'm I'm going to Cincinnati in week two at the shoe. Another matchup I consider, Dan, for sure. I, I did not end up going with that, though. Week three for me, kind of a similar line of thinking with the you know 2022 postseason here. I'm going to bring the Horned Frogs of TCU to Ohio Stadium on September 14th, 2024. Of course, that was the, the national championship that could have been, you know, had a couple of things gone Ohio State's way in the Peach Bowl. You know, if Marvin Harrison... If the, the the hit on Marvin Harrison remained a targeting call, you know, if Noah Ruggles would have, you know, hit that last second field goal, perhaps we would have had Ohio State versus TCU in the national championship game instead of Georgia TCU. We all we all know how that national championship game went, and I think a lot of Ohio State fans were watching that game thinking, man, if Ohio State was in that slot, you know, maybe they don't hang sixty you know points on TCU, or maybe they do, but. You know, I think they certainly would have liked Ohio State's chances nonetheless. And I think, you know, it's it's obviously not as sexy a matchup as the Ohio State-Georgia matchup. But this this would be, you know, a, a high-profile matchup that would still potentially be a favorable, winner, winnable game that would look good for Ohio State without, you know, being a game that they're going to come into 
as an underdog. So that's, you know, me throwing Ohio State a bone per se while while still being, you know, a, a high profile non-conference matchup that's obviously going to turn heads a lot more than a Western Michigan or a Southern Miss. Yeah, I'm I'm not throwing Ohio State a bone here in terms of making things easy, but I, I'm going with when, when I think about teams Ohio State has never played during a regular season, a team, the matchup that I most want to see, and I'm a little biased because I've been down there. I like it down there, but I said if there's free power five games, there has to be a, a road game. And so Ohio State's going to go down to Clemson, South Carolina in week three of my schedule and play against Dabo Sweeney's Tigers. You know, we've seen every Ohio State and, and Clemson game. There's been a ton of buildup to all of them. Not a ton of love lost between vo- those two fan bases. You know, Ohio State is uh, certainly not a big fan of, of Dabo and, and Clemson fans are not big fans of o- Ohio State either but that's a matchup i would i would love to see happen in the future and you know i i i don't think right now that it's actually realistic that ohio state would play georgia and clemson in the same season in non-conference play but it sure would be fun this is the all the smoke schedule for from dan (laughs) all the you know all the heated rivalries of the past a few years for house state in terms of non-conference stuff early in the season too for house state that is a that's a tough schedule right there for the buckeyes for sure but yeah, i don't think ryan day would pick this schedule but i think it'd be fun <laughs> it would certainly be a blast to see that dan week four for me on the schedule i've got you know we've had things on the books you know let, let's say you know the likes of, of texas and oklahoma supposed to be joining the sec in in 2025 now that's going to get you know moved up a year. So I say, why not move the Ohio State Texas you know series up a year? They're supposed to to play in twenty twenty five. I'm going to say, let's just do it. You know, bring bring Texas to Ohio Stadium um, in twenty twenty four September twenty first. This would give Ohio State four straight home games to open the season. You know, who knows if if this schedule actually occurred in some alternate universe? If all these all of those would be played you know in succession there at home, but. That would certainly be a, another very fun matchup. I mean, they're already supposed to play that series anyway, so it's not like they would necessarily have to, you know, move, you know, boulders and move mountains to make this happen. I mean, it, it would still be obviously unlikely to happen because, among other things, Texas is already supposed to be going to Ann Arbor to play Michigan in, in their non-conference schedule, Dan, in 2024. So then they'd also be going to Ohio Stadium to take on the Buckeyes, which, you know, why would they really do that? But it would be cool to see, you know, the 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 new SEC with Texas representing that there going up against both Ohio state and Michigan. Not that, you know, I, I don't know if the Longhorns would quite enjoy that. And of course, Dan, there would still be the possibility that, you know, if Quinn Ewers wasn't already going off to the NFL, we could see the return of the mullet, even though he's you know s- seemingly cut the mullet off returning to the shoe for the first time since leaving the program. What, what an atmosphere that would be, especially if Ewers star continues to, you know, climb there in Austin. I'll tell you, although Griff, Griffin's mullet is still going strong. Quinn Ewers' mullet is gone, but Griffin's got a, a nice mullet rocking over there. But yeah, I, I did consider Texas. If Quinn Ewers wasn't NFL draft eligible after the season, Texas would have been on my schedule because the possibility of a Quinn Ewers versus Ohio State matchup is one I could not have passed up. Arch Manning versus Ohio State sounds a lot of fun too, though. So I certainly like your thinking there. I, of course, have already done my free non-conference game, so I've got a Big Ten conference opener in week four, 
And I'm going with Wisconsin. We we saw this, you know, last year they played, you know, Wisconsin early in the season at, at home. I'm going to have Ohio State do that again. They're going to host Luke, Luke Fickle's Badgers at Ohio Stadium in, in their final game of September. Dan, I've got in week five, Ohio State, its first road game, going to the Rose Bowl, going to UCLA. I've got Ohio State taking on both USC and UCLA because why not? Because it's the most fun thing to do. The fresh matchups there. How about, you know, the Buckeyes at the Rose Bowl during the regular season? That sounds like a lot of fun. Week five, September 28th. And then after that, Dan, I've got a bye week for the Buckeyes, as we kind of talked about before with kind of trying to make some accommodations for Ohio State, you know, not having to, to, to follow up a trip to LA, you know, with another game right off the bat. So that's what I've got going on for week five and week six. Yeah. And, and I will acknowledge, you know, before I continue that when, when I did this schedule, like my schedule is not realistic in the sense of the, the alternating games, because if you did my schedule, then the next year's schedule for the conference would pretty much suck because I, 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 I just picked the best big 10 games possible for, for 2024 without regard to how it would alternate. And so I think certainly when we see the actual schedule, if they stick with that, you know, free six, six model that you're going to see, you know, other than the free annual opponents, the other like marquee matchups are going to be blended, you know, some of them in one year, some of them the next year to keep things more even. But for me, I just went with, if, it, if we're just going one year in a vacuum, what what's the you know most exciting schedule that you could come up with and so for me week five and and, and week six i i actually i actually went with back-to-back road games here knockout you, you, in in my schedule they've got to play you know five road games because i have a road non-conference game and so i figure let's let's knock out more than half of the road games in the first half of the season. So I've got Ohio State going to Michigan State in week five and Iowa in week six, followed by that bye right in the middle of the season. Nice, Dan. I've also got Ohio State going to Michigan State on week seven. That would give Ohio State, you know, on the road, by then on the road. So kind of like yours, knocking out. I've still got Ohio State having eight home games on, on this schedule here. So that would still be half of the road games for the Buckeyes. Obviously, you know, you could throw Michigan State in that mix of, of teams that you would like to see Ohio State play annually as well, along with a Michigan and a Penn State. However, you know, perhaps it would be more fun or just something different to throw a different team in that mix that we haven't already seen Ohio State play, you know, on an annual basis in the past, you know, however many years. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd be a little surprised if Michigan State is one of the annuals just just because I I, I don't see the annuals being Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan State. I think they're going to want to mix that up a little bit, and so I I think most likely, you know, Michigan State at least to, to begin is probably going to go to being a you know semi annual game instead of an annual game, which which I think is fine. I mean, I think it it, it is a game like yeah, if, you, if we were just doing it, you know, just you know the same opponents every year. Michigan State is certainly one you'd want on there, but I, you know, it's it's not the same as an Ohio State, Michigan, or an Ohio State, Penn State, in, in my opinion. But you know, we do both have them on on our you know ideal schedules here because I certainly think it is a game that you know you, you would want to see in an ideal year. I have starting off the second half of the season the same way Griffin had Ohio State starting off the first half of the season. I've got that home game against USC right there in in week seven. Gives Ohio State an an extra week 
to prepare to host the Trojans. And then in in week eight, I'm going with a game that's been very popular in that end of October slot for Ohio State. I've got the Buckeyes going to Penn State, playing them on the road to cap off the second month of the season. Yeah, Dan, week week eight for me, I've got Nebraska coming to Columbus. I, I believe it will, be, it will have been two years without playing Nebraska for Ohio State by the time 2024 rolls around. And that would also give, you know, Matt Rule some time as a new head coach of the program to, to turn things around a little bit and potentially make that a, a really fun matchup and a more competitive one than we've seen in years past. And then week nine, Dan, I've also got Ohio State at Penn State and that end, end of October kind of timeline there, which they've seemed to like to make that game in recent years. Yeah, we've got those flipped. I've got I've got Nebraska in, in week nine, you know, at, at at Ohio Stadium, you know, similar thinking there. You you know, you figure my schedule, you, you, there's 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 two chances that maybe you get a Dylan Rayola revenge game in, in here as well. In Georgia, Georgia, actually three chances because USC's in there too. So you, you you've got a few chances at a potential Dylan Rayola game. He will be a, a true freshman, but getting all of his leading contenders on here for the possibility that he could end up having to come back to Ohio Stadium and play what would certainly be a, a hostile crowd against the Buckeyes. And so I had to get Nebraska on there. And then week 10, I've got that trip to UCLA that you had earlier in the season. I, I kind of went back and forth on on USC and UCLA because it's like, okay, do you want to go to the Rose Bowl or do you want to go to the LA Coliseum? Like both of them are pretty cool, but never, never turned down a trip to the Rose Bowl. So I've got UCLA is Ohio State's final road game of a season. Wanted it in mid-November because it's starting to get cold here in Columbus. Let's get a trip out to LA where the weather should be a little warmer in November. That's a, that's a great call, Dan. A little, a little bit self-serving there on your behalf, but you know, absolutely. <laughs> I, I like that one a lot. Dan, week 10 for me, I'm throwing Ohio State another bone because I'm keeping the the annual Scarlet Knight beat down on the schedule for Ohio State. You know what? Truly one of college football's greatest traditions, you know, <laughs> Ohio, State, uh, Ohio State Rutgers, Rutgers coming to Ohio State, um, you know, uh, things got spicy this past year, Dan, maybe things could get even spicier in the years to come. So we'll leave that one on the schedule for Ohio State after taking on, you know, really several potentially tough, tough teams in a row there. Although, you know, we, we have no idea how these teams are going to actually look come 2024. And then Dan, week 11, I'm going to have a game that you already had on the schedule, which is Luke Fickle and Wisconsin coming to Ohio State on November 9th. You know, Ohio State, Wisconsin, uh, it's it's getting cold, you know, and November's rolling around. It's going to be Luke Fickle's return to the shoe. Of course, Ohio State is going to, to go to Wisconsin in 2023, so it won't be the first matchup between the, the Fickle-led Badgers and the Buckeyes, but it will be, you know, Fickle coming back to the shoe, which we have seen before, of course, with uh, Cincinnati coming to Ohio Stadium in 2019. That one didn't go so well for Luke Fickle, Dan, as you'll recall. Perhaps this one will go better for Luke Fickle, but of course, Buckeye fans will not be hoping that that's the case. Yeah, I figured for for week 11, go with an easier home game for Ohio State is kind of a, the tune-up for that that Michigan game that we, of course, both have in, in the final week of a regular season. And so I've got Indiana coming to Ohio Stadium that week. Could have put Rutgers in that spot, could have put Maryland in that spot or you know, even a Northwestern, but I, I thought let's, let's keep Indiana as an Indian is an annual matchup for at least, at least one more year. So I've got the Hoosiers coming to Ohio stadium in the penultimate game of a regular season. And then of course, 
the regular season wrapping up with the game against Michigan, with that game being at Ohio Stadium in 2024, since the Buckeyes will make the trip to Ann Arbor in 2023. Yeah, Dan, I've got a Ohio State at Iowa there right before the, the Michigan game, just because, what is it here, Ohio State won't play the Hawkeyes in 2023, last played in Columbus this past season, so of course it makes sense that they would play at Iowa you know, that year. Then, of course, closing out with Michigan returning to Ohio Stadium for the first time since the 2022 game, which is fresh on everybody's mind here. But, but Dan, I should say, with you know the, the the divisionless structure and things like that, and the, the potential for an Ohio State to play Michigan in the Big Ten championship game, is there any possibility that you know Ohio State and Michigan could not play in the final week of the regular season? I I I was of the thinking that, you know, if they could meddle with that. If we start to get those matchups in the Big Ten championship game and it becomes something that people don't like, but I don't think they're going to mess with that right off the bat there. Yeah, I I thought it would probably be a very unpopular viewpoint with our listeners if I suggested moving Ohio State, Michigan off the last weekend of November. And so, yeah, I I, it's a good thought. It's a good thought. And I and I and I, I, you know, I, I think, you know, it could be something. You know, it could be something that comes up down the line if you get into a situation where Ohio State is playing Michigan annually on a regular basis. But I just think I think the tradition of that game being at the end of a regular season, I, I think that means too much to too many people for, for them to mess with that, at, at least right now. And so, you know, I, I had to keep it at that end of a regular season slot, that traditional slot, and then. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Big Ten Championship game. You know, it's going to be, you know, very, very interesting to see, you know, how that ultimately all all plays out in terms of, you know, what that game might mean. Does it mean less? Does it mean more? You know, we'll 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 find out based on, you know, how it kind of plays out each year. But yeah, I, I, I don't I would be very surprised if the Ohio State Michigan game was moved off that slot at the end of a regular season even though there is the possibility of playing each other two weeks in a row. And Dana, I, I certainly think your schedule is the tougher of the two for Ohio State. Obviously, we don't know exactly how the, the team is going to look or really any of the teams necessarily, but do you have a, a uh, you know wins and loss record for Ohio State with this schedule that you are willing to share with us You know, after revealing your schedule here? Yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't really thought about it to be honest i mean it would certainly be a, a a difficult schedule so i'm not exactly setting the table for ohio state to go 12 and 0 in there i think there'd probably be a a loss or two in there with with a schedule like that but like you said you know so so many variables between now and then that it, it it's hard to to even predict but yeah if, if if i wanted to give ohio state the easiest path to 12 and 0 then i probably would have kept Southern miss and western michigan on there and i probably wouldn't have added georgia and clemson on there and then the follow up to that is does ohio state make the the first 12 team cfp playing that schedule dan Yes, I think Ohio State makes the 12 team. So I, I mean, I, I think the expectation for Ohio State should be that Ohio State makes the 12 team CFP every year, no matter what the schedule looks like. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But I think, you know, would that schedule give them an easy path to a playoff? No. But I think the expectation for Ohio State has to be that you make the playoff every year, no matter what schedule is in front of you. And, and, and to me, I, I, you know, I don't I think that, you know, if Ohio State is is the team that it's supposed to be year in and year out, 
then it shouldn't be afraid to play a tough schedule in an in an environment where you can lose a game or two and still have life. You know, to me, Ohio State should not be afraid to play a hard schedule. That you know, I'm also not necessarily saying that they should play the hardest schedule they can because you know, you know, even if you just factor in wear and tear over the course of a season, like. You know, there's not a whole lot of opportunities to rest your starters in the schedule. And so do I think Ohio State would ever actually want a schedule this tough? No. But do I think it would be fun for college football? Yeah. Do I think the TV networks would love the schedule I just came up with? Yeah. But would would the, would the would Ohio State themselves actually want it? Probably not. Yeah, Dan, you know, it would be a tough one for Ohio State. But, you know, they would certainly get a lot of credit for playing all those heavy hitters in the same season, but yeah, this has been a fun, a fun exercise here, like a playing a little pro wrestling almost where you're, you're controlling the storylines and setting things up for, you know, rivals and, and a lot of things with you know, the likes of Quinn Ewers, potentially Dylan Riola, Luke Fickle in there. There's a, a lot of storylines in that season, which would, you know, for our jobs be uh, pretty fun in terms of the stuff we'd be writing leading up to all those matchups. Yeah. And you know, and then I do, you know, obviously we know the next step right now is the Big Ten expanding to 16 teams of USC and UCLA. I I still feel like there's going to be a future at some point down the line in college football where the power teams in college football create their own thing and become separate from everything else. And I I I think I envision a future, which you know I'm sure some people hate this idea, but I, I just feel like the way things are going, whether this is good or bad for the sport, I don't know. But I feel like we could eventually be headed toward a point where, you know, whether it's, you know, the NFL model, a super league, whatever, where the power teams in college football kind of break off and do their own thing. And I think if that ever happens, in that case, a schedule like this really could become more realistic where you've got heavy hitters playing each other every week. And so we're not there yet. You know, I don't think we're there in the very near future, but it is something that I could envision happening down the line just because of the way that we've seen college football change and evolve so much in recent years. Yeah, Dan, that would, that would be a cool thing to see. But, you know, fans would have to recalibrate their expectations for, you know, what a season looks like, of course, because you'd, you'd think that there'd be, you know, some losses lumped in there along with, you know, some big wins as well. Yeah. And I mean, and I mean, you know, I, I think there's going to be some recalibration even next year when when the 12 team playoff becomes a thing. I, I think that is going to change. And, and again, I know. I know there's a lot of Ohio State fans out there. I know I've I've heard it from some before where, you know, that's one thing they they don't like about the, this playoff structure is they fear that it's going to lower the standard for Ohio State and that Ohio State's not going to have that same motive. You know, Ryan Day always talks about we have to win every game here. Like, is that going to change in the 12-team playoff era? Like, it might. I mean, I, you know, I still think Ohio State is going to be motivated to win every game, but I, I also think that just inherently there's going to be some change in the sense of, you know, you know, let's say if you're nine and oh in November, and you know, those two games before the Michigan game 
might not be as might not feel as important as they once did. You know, you know, you may be able to, you know, load manage a little bit in those games just to, you know, kind of keep some guys fresh for the end of a season. And so I, I, I do think that, you know, there, there probably will be, you know, some recalibration of what, you know, the expectations of a season are once we get into this 12 team playoff. It's not going to be drastic because we're still only talking about 12 teams. So there's still not going to be that much margin for error, but it is going to be a little different. You know, I think now, you know, I think now if you're an Ohio State fan, you you almost live in perpetual fear of a loss because you know that one loss can totally ruin your season. And so I, I think that's going to be a little different in, in 2024 where, you know, not to say that I think, you know, Ohio State fans still aren't going to be upset after a loss, but I also think there's going to be an understanding that, okay, what one loss does not torpedo our season. We, you know, we've still got a chance. And so I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little bit, a little, a little bit different, just just in the way that you know wins and losses feel. There might be a little, at least for a team like Ohio State, there might be a little bit less of that pressure of we have to win every single game. Yeah, Dan. I think I mean that was a criticism that that I had in terms of how the the, the twelve team playoff would affect specifically you know the team that that we're covering here I, I totally understand all the all the merits to you know getting more teams involved uh, expanding the playoff etc but certainly for Ohio State who is perpetually in that top four you know preseason you know year in and year out that you know the, the allowing 12 teams in is is certainly going to take a little bit of pressure off but you know that's that that, that expectation comes along with you know every season expecting to win every game maybe one loss in the mixer in the regular season but if, if that no longer becomes the case then i think you you start, you start to see you know the, the pressure come back on there to to really have to ratchet things up again well we hope you all enjoyed kind of hearing our thoughts please feel free to let us know what your ideal schedules would look like you know over on 11warriors.com we'll have the post up there let us know what you think maybe we'll even share a few of them on on next week's show when we'll we'll we, we've kind of looked ahead here to 2024 this week. We'll we'll turn our attention back to 2023 next week. Of course, we are now less than two weeks away from the start of spring football. And so we'll preview the start of spring football next week. We'll also talk a little bit about the NFL Combine, which will be coming up next week as I'll be going to Indianapolis for that. And then two weeks from now here on RealPod Wednesdays, we'll be talking about the first day of spring practice because Tuesday, March 7, just 13 days from now, Ohio State will be practicing for the first time this spring. So plenty to look forward to coming up here in the next couple of weeks. And we hope that you'll be back to join us then.